Welcome to the 84th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and the Boba Fett forgetter, Adrian. Enter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well, Simon Menace Eady. <laughs> Whoa, gotcha. that's not nice. How are you? Well, I was okay, and now I'm not as much because you just, you know... Kind of disrespected me right there. So, mm-hmm. yep. So let's get on with the show, I guess. I don't know what else to say. You want me to apologize? My feelings are hurt. So. No, it's fine. It's fine. It, it, you said it already. The apology won't make much difference. Um, so uh, I'd like to ask you, Adrian, very cordially, uh, how was your week? I don't like this one bit. I feel like let's just restart. If if you're going to be like this for the rest of the episode, God, I'm just I'm just doing a little bit of cheeky banner to start us off. Well, I guess you're going to find out. I guess you're going to find oh out, aren't you? God. Adrian, how was your week? I asked you. It was all right. Okay. Not too much going on. I did something though, which I'll get to when we talk about the things we watched, Simon, cuz this week's a special episode. Is it because you didn't forget about uh, Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett? No, I definitely forgot about that show again. I I totally forgot. Because let me tell you, let me tell you, I watched the book of Boba Fett and and, uh, I caught up Mm -hmm. and I was going to leave it until we got to the moment where we talk about what we've been watching, but I I, I couldn't, I couldn't hold it in. I'm just so happy about this show. It's so good. I just like it so much. It's so well produced. Jon Favreau as a creator in the Star Wars universe is just amazing mm-hmm. it's amazing he's written every episode uh, i think we said many episodes back just to throw in a show correction here uh i don't know how many episodes it was i think it was the first week of the book of boba fett when you had watched the first episode mm-hmm. yeah you had said that robert R- rodriguez was the showrunner that is not true not from my not from my research um mm-hmm. there's he's just an executive producer but uh john favreau is the creator listed in the credits and he wrote every episode so i would argue he is the showrunner Mm-mm. But Robert Rodriguez did direct two episodes of the episodes that have aired so far. Mm-mm. But I must say, I must say, I don't know what you're holding on to. What are you waiting for? Because the truth about this book of Boba Fett is that spoilers are galore. They're everywhere. How mm. did you avoid it is my question. Because I got one of the spoilers and I'm like, for one of the episodes, I think it was episode five. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to watch this show. This show is amazing and I'm just not going to wait I think again the production values are are top notch. I think that again everything John Favreau has made in this Star Wars universe has been amazing. Anything Dave Filoni's been involved in has been really really good, and they've just compiled a, a group of directors uh, for this series that have just done a bang up job. Mm. It's just, oh, it's just. I almost want to call it a popcorn flick, but I don't think that's a good good word because that sometimes can come off as negative and as in it's maybe not plot filled but i feel like the character development the overall feeling of the series it's just so enjoyable to watch it's just so fun to watch you get you get that feeling you know what i mean like when you went in to see resident evil battle for raccoon raccoonville when you saw that movie mm-hmm. um i feel like that's how you came out of the at the movie you're like oh man that was so fun to watch i, I could keep watching more mm-hmm. of that yeah. that might have been how you felt but that's kind of how i feel when star wars is good 
it's just so imaginative and so interesting. And I, th- I know there's been lots of criticism of it being held mostly on Tatooine and all that garbage, but you know, because of the whole concept of the small universe syndrome, but I don't, I think that Tatooine's a huge planet. And I think you have, there's a lot to be told in every one of these planets if you do it correctly. And there's the issue with Star Wars is not the fact that they're sticking to one area. I think of the galaxy. I think it's in terms of setting. I I really do think it's just a lack of plot in some spots. Hmm. And I think like the the or a bad plot or or too much fan service in a direction that doesn't serve the rest of the the series, as it were. That's what I I believe anyway. I don't know if you feel you find that necessarily because you were talking about how you're not looking forward to the to the what is that what is that show called now. The spinoff of Rogue One, mm, uh, with what's his name, the, the 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 one dude. I know, I know what you're talking about. I just totally forget. I put that down, and you didn't pick it up. I was hoping. Yeah. Uh, then again, you started this episode with the disrespect of myself, so mm-hmm. I feel like you know we're not in sync today. But it's called Andor because it's the Cassian Andor series. Ah, yes, um, yes. Diego Luna, and so I'm very excited for that because I think they can go all over the galaxy. Sure, it takes place in a kind of a uh, a specific time period, we know what happens to the end of Diego Luna's Cassian Andor's career, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really matter because there's got to be so much in the in the background that happened in his, in his backstory that's got to be pretty interesting. But I digress again. But watch Book of Boba Fett if you haven't watched it. Their audience, I'd imagine that if you're a Star Wars fan, you already have, especially because of the spoilers out there. But Adrian, you should watch this. I don't know what you're waiting for. It's uh, you've watched all the other other uh, Disney Plus shows but i just keep forgetting it's out man i keep on forgetting it's out i can't people talking uh, talking about it around me or talking about it around me so it's mm. it's catching my attention the other thing i should mention and this is the this is the other thing that we've talked about many times is that this week on week concept of releasing episodes one week after the next i hate it i hate it even more now <laughs> because i'm realizing that the reason why that this is happening, the, the spoilers are being released into the wild and on Twitter, et cetera, is because people are assuming that if you're a fan, you would have already watched these episodes, mm-hmm. even though you may not have enough time. You don't assume that with a show like Ozark, as an example, that launches seven episodes, you know, the seven episode chunk of, of season four all at once. Um, that didn't happen with Ozark. Nope. I didn't see any spoilers. Maybe you did on no. social media. But the reason why that is, is because of the fact that it was released all at once it, 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 because people don't aren't assuming that you would have watched seven hours of content all at once. And so therefore they're not spoiling it on, on social media. There's a weird assumption there. Even Disney makes that assumption themselves with their own trailers for their own shows. And they, they release like little snippets of the previous episode. And I think I caught a snippet. They spoiled it for me, which is just it was so interesting because it's the opposite of what you would think you would want if you were creating content that you would want to spoil it. I think that would be the opposite of what you would think you'd, you do to market a show but anyway so it's like it became i guess i guess it was useful because it created a sense of urgency for me and i went back in and watched it i think on a perspective of marketing week on week tv series are popular for marketing and making people try to stick around and come back to see the show and and all that stuff and it makes the the streaming service more popular because you can spread it out over seven weeks etc well yeah not only that it keeps the conversation going for that long right so you'll have people that didn't you know jump into it during its launch and you have this you know dedicated group of fans that i don't know let's let's use netflix as an example like everyone uh watched the new season of ozark right um i haven't yet uh but like hypothetically speaking everyone watches it they watch it right away you tell your friends oh yeah you should definitely watch the show if they don't watch it then 
you know, a couple of weeks pass, maybe you already forgot that you, you know, Ozark, you know, finished, you've already moved on to the next thing. Whereas with a week on week release, you're talking about it every single week. And you might be surrounded by people that haven't watched it yet. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to get around to it. I'm going to get around to it. And after the fifth week of hearing you talk about it, they're just like, okay, fine, fuck it. I'll jump in, which is kind of what happened to you, to be fair. Um, not not exactly, but, you know, like uh, you, you saw that little ad for it and it's it's the fifth week or whatever. And you decided to jump it in. It spoiled the show. So, yeah, it spoiled that, the show. I, that could have easily gone the other way for me. But I think because, you know, I'm interested in film and TV, I think that maybe that's why I was less interested. I've talked to a lot of people over the years that, you know, I, I'll tell, I'll talk about a show like Breaking Bad and they're like, oh, I never got around to watching season four because it got spoiled for me. I never finished the show. I'm like, well, why does that matter? For me, that's the opposite. But I feel like for other people, that might piss them off and they just may not come back. So I don't, I don't know. It's a, and I guess it's a difference of opinion, yeah. I suppose. But my point is, on a business perspective, week on week for Lost, week on week for releases for Boba, the book of Boba Fett or for uh, Hawkeye, very useful. But on a perspective of watching and enjoying it, man, watching it, I was watching it pretty much two episodes each day. I watched them kind of back to back to back. Um, but I didn't, I left a little bit of a space between the episodes, man, it was satisfying. I was surprised how, I wonder if I had watched it week on week, if I would have enjoyed it as much. I think that I might've just really, really loved it even more because I knew that when I came home from work the next day, I was like, oh man, I'm so excited to see what happens next in this, in this story because I, I was, it was so fresh in my mind. I just think that again, the week is too long. Like it's antiquated. We're going back to cable. Make it day by day. Maybe make a full week the Boba Fett week. That would be so awesome. If they had enough content to spread it out, it would be so much better. Man, like, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, just keep skipping a day. I think that that would like, play around with the release schedules. Let's not go back to that traditional method. That's my, my two cents. Because I think having it fresh in my mind, it was, it was something, I must say. Yeah. I, I was very pleased with it, considering, I mean, it's in, in some ways – you know, it's it's still a John Favreau Star Wars show, so it's it's going off of his style from the Mandalorian and going into the Book of Boba Fett. So you're kind of I was used to the Mandalorian, but I, I almost feel like I like the Book of Boba Fett better. But I think that it's just because of the way I watched it. Mm. I, I don't know if that's true, although it is amazing. And the music, by the way, is amazing. And that's another correction to mention. The score is not by Ludwig Göransson. Uh, you'd said that it was. When I asked you, like in that first episode there, it's, it's actually by Joseph Shirley, uh, who's the composer for the series. Ludwig Gorenson did do the the main theme, though, and Joseph Shirley worked with uh, Gorenson on previous project projects. I think it was Tenet. He worked on on it with uh, Gorenson. But anyways, the music is unbelievable. And the main theme is unreal. And it's, it was stuck in my head for each day of this week uh, since I started kind of catching up. So, man. What a great show. I, I can't stress enough, but anyway. That's good, man. Yeah, I'll get a rant to it. I'm, uh, I'm not in a rush. Like, if it gets spoiled, whatever, who cares? But yeah, that's, that's fair. I, I don't have that perspective because I, I really, into, I don't know, that, that universe is pretty awesome. Those, those moments, like if I had the, the moment at the end of The Mandalorian Season 2 spoiled for me, I kind of would have been pretty disappointed, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, Yeah, it's nice having that surprise, but I don't know. Like, I, I feel over time I've been less and less invested in a Star Wars. Um especially after, you know, Rise of Skywalker. It just left such a sour taste in my mouth. And uh, we've already talked about this before. I know this is different. It's separate, different creators. But uh, I don't know. Like, I'm not, like, I still love Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not, like, foaming out the mouth to get the newest piece of Star Wars content. So. Hold on. 
for what content are you foaming at the mouth for? I think you might want to get that checked out. Oh, oh, uh, for uh, Jurassic World Dominion. That's what I'm foaming at the mouth for. Jeez, man. Yeah. Yeah. Take it easy. I have rabies. Take it, take it easy out there. <laughs> but speaking of Star Wars, Adrian, I know that based on what you just said, you might not want to talk about Star Wars anymore based on your disdain for the Star Wars universe. But the Kenobi series, it was leaked out uh, by a Disney executive on Twitter that by for some weird accidental tweet type situation that the Kenobi series with Ewan McGregor is potentially coming out in May. Wow. It's a weird situation because he deleted the tweet after he sent it, but he sent it as if... Disney had already made the announcement, it looked like. It was very unusual. But that would be cool if that comes out in May. Because, I, again, I'm, I'm kind of more hyped up uh, for the Star Wars universe just based on the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, but there's, uh, what, two more episodes of Book of Boba Fett left? Question mark? One more. One, One more. more. So Last seven. episode is on Wednesday. I was hoping to catch up before that finale because I thought if anything is going to get spoiled for me, it's going to be that finale for yeah, sure. Maybe I'll catch up before that finale. But, you know, th- that leaves, what, um, I guess two months three months without any sort of main content on Disney plus until that Kenobi series comes out, which is uh, a little bit unfortunate. It seems like a little bit of a lull there, but uh, yeah, no, I, I saw that. It isn't a lull. I mean, Moon Knight comes out in March. Oh, is that March? Oh yeah, it is. Yes, sir. Call. March 30th. Um, so, I mean, it's still, I guess a month and a half lull uh, there, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, this, this Kenobi series, I'm definitely intrigued by this one. This, this is like a like a piece of Star Wars content I do want to consume. I'm very excited for this. Uh, again, I think Ewan McGregor is one of the best parts, if not the best part, in that um, prequel trilogy. Um, and I just I just really like Obi Wan as a character. Yeah, we know his journey and stuff like that, but there's there's so much time in between, you know, Revenge of the Sith and uh, A New Hope. We don't really know what he got up to. And I'm very excited for them to kind of explore this, you know, time period with this character. And, you know, having Hayden Christensen come back is really cool. And, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll see some crossovers and stuff like that, possibly. I, I don't know for for a fact, but I don't know. I, I'm, I'm this is one that I probably will not forget about week to week. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. Yeah. I, I think I'm kind of more invested in the creators creating things less so in maybe the actors involved just i'm that's why i'm kind of that's maybe the reason why i'm a little bit more wary of the uh the andor series because it was some kind of weird showrunner situation with tony gilroy not being on set when the show was being made and some weird thing so i'm like i'm a little worried about that one i don't know about kenobi because i don't know but enough about deborah chow's work i know she did a great direction uh for one of the episodes of the mandalorian season one Mm-hmm. Uh, which was fantastic, but I just wonder about which way it might go. Did they assemble a great team of writers? Are they going to pull it through? Because anything Star Wars, based on Rise of Skywalker, did they plan ahead enough to create something truly amazing? That's what I'm. I'm that's the only thing I'm kind of more worried about mm. more and more. But I, I kind of feel like anything John Favreau, Dave Filoni's involved in, probably going to be amazing. Yeah, just because their track record has been like again spotless. John Favreau is part of like some of the greatest franchises of all time. And he kind of like, he, I don't know, he brought them to the prestige that they could be at. Like with Iron Man, he started the MCU with a rocky Star Wars kind of Disney situation. The Mandalorian kind of brought them out of that rockiness in mm-hmm. a, long, a large way. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we love The Last Jedi and I, I really do like Force Awakens and Rogue One, but mm-hmm. there's some that don't love 
certain certain movies in this 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 series yeah. that D- Disney has brought to the table. And I, I like a lot of what they made. It really just Rise of Skywalker is what I hate, but I feel like most people like The Mandalorian and most people like Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just curious. I'm just curious. I hope Deborah Chow does a fantastic job. Me too. Cool. All right. Yeah, I mean, I guess like on the topic of like the MCU, John Favreau and all that stuff, uh, Simon, did you hear about another director coming out and talking smack about the MCU just before their new movie comes out? Question mark. I did because Jimmy sent me a message that you sent him mm-hmm. uh, talking about Roland Emmerich, the yes. director of Moonfall and uh, various other d- disaster movies like the, 2012 and The Day After, the day tomorrow. after tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. This, Jinx. You owe me a relationship and two kids. Anyways. Uh, I don't owe you anything. You owe me a relationship and two kids if you want to go there. Okay, fine. Okay. I'll do it. Sorry, where is that from? That's a Vine. Oh. From back in the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I always forget that you make Vine references. Yeah, it dates me a bit, but uh, Vine, great service. Love that stuff. But yeah, I don't know. I find this uh, this one's the most flabbergasting uh, <laughs> like comment I've seen. Like Roland Emmerich literally makes blockbuster and popcorn flicks. Right. And he's like talking smack about the MCU kind of not being substance filled yes and i'm like dude <laughs> all you do is make movies about the earth ending that's it yeah um it's, it's like eh, it's, it's not for me i'm not gonna do anything with that it's i'll it, never do anything in the mcu it's, it's maybe because they'll never hire you for the mcu yeah it's like i don't know you have like uh you know prestige directs, direct directors like uh martin scorsese and like uh you know denny villeneuve you know talking smack about the mcu and you kind of look at them and like you know they make they make like cinema they make like proper high quality like amazing like movies not really blockbusters i would say and um you know you, you can almost be like okay I, I guess i see where you guys are coming from that, the, that these are these are whatever amusement park flicks and stuff but roland emmerich just talking smack about it to me just it makes absolutely no sense and and i don't think his movies are even like universally universally loved uh, as far as i'm aware like i know a lot of them are you know liked enough but i don't think they're reviewed particularly well most of them and all that sort of stuff unlike you know delhi villeneuve's track record i don't know if you looked at his like rotten tomatoes track record but his highest rated movie is 68 percent for independence day oh he's one off and if you look through it there's only like two fresh movies and it's not certified fresh on rotten tomatoes and mm-hmm. with that being said we don't religiously follow Rotten Tomatoes, although we reference it many time, times on Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. Mm. Rotten Tomatoes can be pretty inaccurate yeah. a lot of the time. And people love some of these movies. Like, I feel like people love, well, Independence Day, obviously, but... I like the I like the Day After Tomorrow with Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, I, I like that movie, you know? Let's play Guess What uh, Guess what Score It Has on Rotten Tomatoes, Adrian. Do you, do you know what score it has? I don't. I'm going to guess... Critics reviewed it at... 38 wrong 45 i was close by seven i don't know if you ever watched uh, the movie 2012 no um oh, okay well you can take a guess i guess 22 39 oh close i don't know if you've ever watched the movie white house down with channing tatum no 28 you've seen that though right you've seen that i, I know of the movie i've never watched it though yeah not seen it but you've seen i've seen of it yeah jamie fox channing tatum not 28 it's 52%. Oh. A lot of these, though, in terms of audience score, they're not actually that bad. They're hovering around, like, pretty high scores. Like, the, the movie Midway, which is, like, a like a kind of a fighter plane movie. It's, like, a dogfighting movie. Mm-hmm. It takes place in World War II. 
That movie also a 42% for critic score, but 92% audience score, which is pretty oh, high, honestly. Yeah. That's a huge discrepancy. Anyway, I digress. Point is, Roland Emmerich does not exactly make like incredible substance-based films. So mm. that was a very weird quote that you didn't read. Sorry, do you have the quote? Um, No. Let me find it. You came especially prepared. Hmm. Guy starts off disrespecting Simon. Doesn't bring his quote properly. Because you don't fucking deserve the respect, okay? God. Roland Emmerich, Marvel and Star Wars are ruining our industry. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Sorry, is that you reading the quote? Blah. Oh, yes. Emmerich tells Den of Geek when asked if the disaster genre has changed in recent years. Because naturally, Marvel and DC Comics and Star Wars have pretty much taken over. It's ruining our industry a little bit because nobody does anything original anymore, says the guy that makes the world-ending movies over and over again. Mm. Interesting. I see. I, I don't hate Roland Emmerich movies, just to be clear. I don't mean to disrespect Roland Emmerich's movies. That's all good. He's all good. Just don't disrespect other people's mm -hmm. movies. That's all I'm asking. These creators making these Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, they, they put love and care into a lot of them. Some of them are bad. Some of them aren't good. Some of your disaster movies aren't good, too. Just, yeah. You know? I, I, take it easy, yeah, bro. I'm going to put it out there. I want to watch Moonfall, Simon. But alas, we can't actually watch Moonfall because they just decided to skip a Canada release. <gasps> Why? Actually, that doesn't even make any sense. We just opened up pretty widely here, relatively. I know. I don't. I don't understand why they're just straight up skipping Canada release. There's no like premium rental option. It's not in any theaters. Weird. So I don't know why they made that choice. But uh, yeah. So I can't even watch Roland em Emmerich's Moonfall because honestly, it looks like a fun movie. It looks like something I would enjoy. Yeah, that's fair. Another movie that's rated very highly in the audience department, but not so highly. In the critics department. Yeah, it's a 40% critics and 68% audience. Yes, indeed. Okay. Okie dokie. Let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we, Adrian? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us once again, and he said, gentle beings. Who, me? I guess. I mean, like, who else? It's just us. Yeah, I guess so. Is there someone else on this? No. Well, well, there's, of course, Jimmy. Mm. Of course. Can't forget about Jimmy. Anyways, he continued. Hi, Ken. After that one word. I'd like to chime in about the best Christmas or winter holiday movies that weren't given enough love last podcast episode. All three Grinch flicks, but especially the 2000 Ron Howard, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, with Rick Baker designing the titular character, played by some Canadian guy. I believe that Canadian guy. Stay with me. Timothy Carey. Yeah, I thought you were going to say somebody random no. that wasn't Jim Carrey. No. I was kind of waiting for you to do that. But anyway, he continued, A Christmas Carol is another one. The 1951 starring Alistair Sim and the 1992 Muppet version starring Michael Caine. An honorable mention also goes to the 1988 Bill Murray movie Scrooged, but it really doesn't hold up to time like the other two. Mm -hmm. Edward Scissorhands is another one. Well, the 1990 classic isn't about Christmas. It is set around the time and the snow and ice are part of the tone of the movie, especially the ending. And The Nightmare Before Christmas. In mm. 1993, it was a great Christmas movie for those of us who really didn't want to let go of Halloween. It is actually producer Tim Burton's third Christmas movie, 1992's Batman Returns, being his second. Mm. And of course, it's signed here by Kenneth, and he's got his own little small quote here. 
for something he said, I think. And he wrote, confirmed not real, but not done with green squeam. I'm an illusion done with really tubby mirrors. Oh. Yes. He's making fun of the fact that last episode I said green squeam yeah, you did. by accident instead of green screen. Anyway. So embarrassing, dude. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. Do you know that Thanks. The Nightmare Before Christmas isn't actually directed by Tim Burton? He just did the story? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hence the fact that he said it's actually producer Tim Burton's mm-hmm. third Christmas movie. Yeah. Well stated by Kenneth. Anyway, he had a, he had a quote here from uh, from some celebrity to end his letter, and it says, quote, Look, I don't want to make waves, but this whole Christmas season is stupid, 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 unquote. And this is a quote by The Grinch, mm. who is played by Jim Carrey. Wow. I know, crazy. Yeah. Adrian, I think he's shaming us a little bit. I think he's like, you guys didn't even mention half the Christmas movies that are good, so you suck. Well, it wasn't It wasn't a list of, hey, let's list every Christmas movie we like. It was your favorite, okay? I did fail, though, because I did mention like four Christmas movies. Did. I didn't answer your question properly last episode, Adrian, so it's kind of my fault. I, I welcomed this criticism from Ken. So uh, well played, Ken. Well played. Until next time. Until next time. And thanks for writing into us week on week. I love you. Most reliable writer inner I've ever met. Mm-hmm. All right, Adrian. All right, it's Simon. I've talked a lot about what I've watched this week. I've got a couple other things that I've watched, but before we get there, oh. I think you have you you're you're burning inside to share with me what you watched this week. So I invite you to tell me. What did you watch this week, Adrian? Simon, it's another week, another five movie marathon. Baby, oh, last time I wow. did this, Simon, I watched an entire franchise of movies. And that franchise was The Purge. Those oh. are fun movies. I like those movies. You know what I mean? I was like, you know what? These movies, not too bad. Some of them not so good, but a couple of them, I was like, these are really good, actually, unironically. Now. Yes. Simon. Yes. There's another movie that, that came out into theaters called Scream. Ah! 20. Yeah. Yeah, just like that. Scream 2022 version. It's not Scream 5, but it's the fifth Scream movie. It's just called Scream. You know what I'm saying? I see. Yes. And now I understand. I, I was like, you know what? This trailer looks fun. I, I've never watched any of these Scream movies. You know, I know I know of Ghostface, you know, the, 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 the slasher serial killer man. But I don't really know what these movies are about. I, I just assumed like it's just like another movie where this guy goes around killing a bunch of people. And right. to my surprise, Simon, it kind of is like that. But it's also layered a lot more. So I watched all five Scream movies. I watched Scream, like an onion? the 1996 movie. I watched Scream 2, the 1997 movie. I watched Scream 3, which was the 2000 movie, maybe 2001. I think it was 2000. I watched Scream, which was a 2011 movie. And then actually today, as of as the day we are recording this, I watched Scream. 2022 version. You went to the theaters and watched Scream? Yeah, I did. Were you off today? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I decided to go. Off on a Saturday. I know. I know it's a Saturday. It's rare. I had it off today, Simon. And I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the matinee. I'm going to do a matinee. It's, you know, 1230 at the cinemas in Kitchener, Ontario. And I was like, I'm going to go. There's only one other dude in the theater. We both went solo. Both had a good time. Didn't acknowledge each other's existence. Great, great, great time. I love going to the movies. I, I really that guy, he sat right next to you. No. He coincidentally chose the seat right next to you. That'd be crazy. No, due to- Just uh, was coughing the whole time. Ontario health and safety guidelines, he's not allowed to. 
or Cineplex's rules. I, I don't know. But they, they block off the seats next to you. But he could have. And I was kind of half expecting him to put on that ghost face mask and try to kill me. But alas, it didn't happen, unfortunately. Was he behind you? He was behind me. Ooh, was, that's scary. Yeah, a little bit scary, Simon. Just like these movies are. But anyways, these screen movies, really, really good movies. And and again, to my surprise, they're, they're a lot more layered than I thought they were. So, you know, Scream 1996, I guess, was like this renaissance, like the, 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 a movie that brought back the the original slasher movies you know the slasher movies like uh you know halloween like with michael myers you know friday the 13th with jason Voorhees, and uh you know nightmare on elm street um with with freddy krueger and 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 scream 1996 was i guess yeah that movie that brought slashers back into the fray you know reignited the passion for these movies um with being a little bit more um i would say uh, I don't want to necessarily say creative, but uh, d- different uh, while still kind of honoring like its original sort of inspirations and how scream the original one, uh, how it starts off, uh, you know, it's drew Barrymore as we all know. And she's uh, uh, she's in, in a house on her own and receives a phone call and there's a guy on the other end. But to my surprise, this guy, he starts asking her like movie trivia stuff just like oh like what's your favorite movie like who's the main character in this movie and i was like oh shit i was like this serial killer is not only a serial killer like a slasher but he actually has character he's not very like he's not one-dimensional like a michael myers or a jason Voorhees. he's a little bit more talkative and character like kind of like we get with like freddy krueger as an example but you know he's just a he's just a regular dude calling in and asking about movies and i was like damn this is uh this is really up my alley i, I quite i quite like this already and you know it starts uh progresses from there and these movies you know are very ultra violent and stuff like that and you know very bloody very gory um and you know the the film series really just uh, revolves around, I would say, like three main characters that you know show up in all five of these movies, and it's the main character Sydney uh, Prescott. Uh, sorry, Sydney Prescott, uh, uh, who is played by um, Neve Campbell, uh, Dewey Riley, who is played by David Arquette, and uh, Gail Weathers, who is played by Courtney Cox. Yeah, Courtney Cox. Um, and you know they're the three, I guess, I would say constants in these in these movies. Um, and pretty much every movie a killer shows up or killers and start uh, you know ravaging the town and you know it's just like typical sort of slasher stuff uh you know they add a bunch of characters in every movie and most of them end up getting murdered in very brutal and creative ways um with you know a killer on the loose and the big twist of this uh, of the first movie as an example is um that there are actually two killers and this kind of progresses in all five of these movies i i know i'm kind of spoiling a movie that came out in 1996 but hey it came out 26 years ago uh and that kind of progresses uh again in these next like four movies that there's you know maybe two killers in every single one which again adds this like extra layer to it but what i really like about these movies as well is that this ghost face killer um or killers they aren't like these unstoppable powerhouses like you get with, you know, like a Jason Voorhees or a Michael Myers, where it's like no one can stop them. They're almost like supernatural. Like, you know, they get like shot like a billion times and they stand up, they get shot in the face. They're fine. Whatever else. Like these people, uh, you know, like 
tend to get into like almost like fist fights with like the people that they're trying to kill. The people that they're trying to kill are like throwing chairs at them. They're falling over. They're tripping. They don't look like, you know, they're trained killers, which I really like. And it adds almost like a layer of comedy uh, throughout all of these movies. And what I really like about these movies as well is that honestly, these are just kind of meta horror movie like commentary um and they do that with every single one with the original you know they continuously reference like uh, the original halloween movie um and like freddy krueger uh, or sorry the nightmare on elm street movie and stuff like that um and as the movies progress in these like in this universe they create movies called stab that recreate the events that happened in the movie before it so it becomes like even more layered sort of meta commentary and they start commenting on quite literally like like an onion the the movie that came before it but they're referencing it as the movie that's in the movie you know what i'm saying does that make sense Mm, yes i think so yeah yeah and um again it does like a lot of fun stuff and i just i was really into this i i decided to watch um you know the the first three movies uh, Scream 1, 2, and 3 are on Crave TV here in Canada. And then Scream Form is on um, Amazon Prime Video here in Canada. I'm sorry, Scream Form? Scream Form, yeah. It's S-C-R-E-4-M. That's how they spell it. Yeah, I know. The, the audience can't see the writing, so I'm yeah. trying to pretend that I don't understand so that they can understand what nonsense you're spewing here. Yeah, so it's Scree Form. Excellent. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you for the explanation. Yeah, no worries, man. That's what I'm here for. And uh, again, with every movie, they the meta commentary. Um, you know, they 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 up the ante every single time. They up the ante with violence every single time. There's like so many like notable actors that are like spread out through these movies. Like Timothy Oliphant is in uh, some of the movies. Uh, you know, they have uh, like Allison Brie is in like the 2011 movie. Uh, the list goes on with a bunch of like notable actors it, with the most recent one. They have like, uh, you know, Jack Quaid, who's probably best known for his role in the boys and stuff like that. Um, and honestly, as a whole, this, this all five movies, I think are genuinely great watches. They don't, I, I, you know, I, I don't think any of them, you know, live up to the, I guess like the first one's probably, you know, the most beloved one um, and all of that sort of stuff. But I don't think they really go downhill as these movies progress. And I would argue that this fifth one, uh, which actually wasn't directed by Wes Craven, because uh, unfortunately Wes Craven passed away back in 2015. He did direct the other four movies, um, is honestly just as good, if not better than um, like the other four Scream movies uh, with you know, very, uh, with, with a lot of like love and care put into that movie um, to make sure that they didn't, um, I guess, disrespect, you know, the four movies that came before it, which is kind of a, like a running joke in that movie as well. They, they make sure that they mention that, you know, like, oh, like we, uh, like, like they, they, you know, shit on it with like the stab eight movie or whatever. And we like, we're recreating this and ensuring that um, it's not as, you know, it's, it's not ruined or blah, 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 stuff like that. They also uh, reference um, like Star Wars episode um, like eight a bunch uh, in the movie. And they actually talk shit about like the Star Wars sequel movies, which I found kind of funny, even though I really love um, uh, The Last Jedi. But they like specifically name drop um, Ryan Johnson for ruining <laughs> Star Wars and like not caring about things that came before. And I was like, ah, you motherfuckers. Um, but, uh, yeah, Scream 5, it was directed by, um, a duo, Matt Bettinelli-Alpin and Tyler Gillette, um, who 
I, I don't think I've seen them make anything. If they have, uh, it's definitely not gone on my radar. But uh, yeah, all in all, I think all five of these movies are awesome. I think they're all worth watching. And uh, especially if you're into like that, like horror sort of campy, self-aware, like slasher style movies. Um, I, I can't recommend this franchise enough. And it's honestly like some of my favorite shit that I've watched in recent memory. It's just it's just a good time. It's a good time. And if you like, you know, like ultraviolet, like gory sort of stuff without it being like too, like, I guess, visceral, like almost too real. I think these are, uh, yeah, well worth your time. All five of these. Excellent. And uh, yeah, cool. I had a great time screamathoning, Simon Eady. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you had a, a fantastic time. Yeah, I did. I did indeed. I'm happy for you. Deep down. Thanks. Thank you for those reviews. It's a lot of movies. Yeah. Five of them. Actually, I was more of a, a jack of all trades this week. I watched less of one thing and more of random nonsense. Mm. I feel like Book of Boba Fett, obviously, I mentioned. I'm not going to go over that again. Uh, I also watched um, Murderville. Did you not watch Murderville? No. When did it drop? Like a couple days ago? Uh, Thursday, I think it was. Mm. Um, Murderville is this, uh, like a TV series starring Will Arnett where he basically plays the detective named Terry Seattle. He's got this incredible mustache. And, uh, he gets paired up with a partner who's like a, not necessarily a comedian, but it's just has to be some kind of celebrity guest. And so the first week, the first episode is Conan O'Brien. I don't know why I said week because it literally is released all at once, all, all six episodes. But anyway, um, first week was he was paired up with Conan O'Brien. The second one was uh, football player, football star Marsha- Marshawn Lynch. And both of them were pretty funny, honestly. It's, a pretty, it's basically a sketch show. Like they're improving the, the solving of the case. Like both Will Arnett and the guest star, uh, the rest of it's kind of scripted. So it's like this interesting mashup of both scripted and non-scripted stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, and then the guest star has to choose who, based on this, the list of suspects and the clues that are presented. The, they have to choose basically who the killer is. So they go to this various crime scenes and try to investigate the crimes. And uh, Will Arnett is his, uh, you know, the classic grovelly self. And he's just like this ridiculous person mm-hmm. that uh, really doesn't help out with the case at all. Like he doesn't really help out with the clues. He's just uh, kind of incompetent. But it's it's truly pretty funny, I think. I mean, I'm only two episodes in. It's rated really quite highly on Rotten Tomatoes, which I'm kind of surprised about a little bit because it, it's a pretty goofy, wacky, ridiculous show in, in a lot of ways. But I'm curious to see what you think of it when you end up watching it, Adrian. It's yeah. only 30 minutes per episode, so it's not much of a time sink. So... Um, my girlfriend and I have been watching it while we're eating on occasion when we don't want to watch something that's like a 40 minute kind of episode. Mm-hmm. Cause even like I'm watching after party, but I didn't watch after the after party episode four this week only because it's literally like a 40 minute show. So I just didn't have the time, um, based on when we're recording this and other, th- other things I was doing this week. So I just didn't watch the, the fourth episode, but I did watch the third episode of after party and my goodness, man, if you watch this show and you don't like it, I'd be shocked. That's all I would say, Adrian, you will love this show. I, I guarantee you at least the first three episodes is what I've watched. I guarantee you will like it. If, if, hmm. if I, if you're, if I'm wrong, I'd be, again, I'd be very surprised, but I could be, I could be, maybe I'm hyping this too much and then you're going to watch it and you're going to be like, nah, I don't love this. This sucks. I don't know. But, hmm. uh, Chris Miller, of the you know Phil Lord and Chris Miller marriage, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Phil, uh, yes, of the Phil Lord Chris Miller matchup, you know, of the good old Twenty One Jump Street into the Spider Verse. They they really have a pretty 
amazing track record. Mm-hmm. So they, they're very well regarded. And Chris Miller directed all of the episodes of this and he wrote some of the episodes and it's very, it's a very star studded cast and the, it's, it's awesome. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. I don't even have that on my list here. I just, it came up in, in passing because I just remembered the third episode and thought I was like amazed at how incredible it is. It's just so interesting because it's doing each episode based on the point of view of each of these characters because the the, tech, the lead detective is interviewing each of the su- suspects each episode and their story is based on their point of view. So it changes so drastically. I said this last episode, but it really is worth watching. If you have Apple TV Plus, check it out. Honestly, it's great. Hmm. But the last thing I watched oh, okay. before we move on to the news was the Netflix documentary, The Tindler Swindler. Sorry, excuse me. The Tinder Swindler. You silly goose. Were you making fun of me there? The Tindler Swindler. Anyways, it's about, a, it's about a man who goes by the name of Simon. Oh. What? <laughs> Simon uh, Leviev, who basically claims that he's this billionaire. And he swindles these women that he he basically matches with on Tinder. And he just keeps going on from one woman to another woman to swindle them out of millions of dollars mm-hmm. eventually. It's a crazy story that's obviously a true story because it's a documentary. And they're just following these, these accounts of these women who got swindled by this guy. And uh, man, it's a crazy story. It's very interesting. It's very well done. And my favorite thing about this documentary, it's a problem with a lot of documentaries. Like, for instance, the new Tiger King season two or whatever. Mm -hmm. Tiger King season two, the issue with that season is that it ends on this note of non-conclusivity. It's just – there's nothing to end – and it's not, it's not, there's no conclusion. Not that I want a conclusion out of every documentary. That's not what I'm saying. But I think you know what I mean. It's just, yeah, it like, feels so unfinished. Like there's well, nothing I, to conclude it. It's funny that you mentioned that. Cause like, I totally forgot about Tiger King season two. I watched like the first like two or three episodes and then stopped watching it because again, they set up this mystery in that show that I know isn't solved. Because I feel like, I think we talked about this briefly. Like I would have heard about this mystery being solved. Uh, right because it, it was you know it's 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 in it's on everyone's eyes everyone's paying attention to it so like it, it almost lost its like luster for me like I, I just i didn't feel uh you know that i needed to watch it or that i even really wanted to watch it um right so like the tinder swindler doesn't have that in fact i guess this is only a movie as opposed to a series so it's a little bit more of a concise story but like this this has a definitive like ending correct I don't know, but you can never say definitive because we're all living and there's obviously something that ends the story. I just feel like it's – I think if you're making a documentary or a docuseries, you have to know where it's going to end. You have to have mm-hmm. this like, okay, what's a story from start to finish? There's got to be a climax and then kind of a – some kind of a slow burn at the end. Like there's got, where's the climax is the question for the Tiger King series. There just isn't anything, I don't think. For season two, season one, there's like – it was like an ups and downs roller coaster, like the whole way through. And that's why you liked it, I argue. Mm-hmm. And so this, I feel like does have a, some kind of an interesting conclusion. It has something to say would be what I would say. Like for instance, uh, the Jinx series, that TV series on HBO is truly fantastic. It ends in like one of the most incredible ways for a true crime doc- documentary. And it's such a, such a worthwhile watch to watch the Jinx. It's, again, I think it's only five or six episodes as well. So it's not very long and not a huge time sink. This is like a two-hour movie. It's definitely worth the watch. Like I think that it's it kind of makes you mad at times because obviously 
hearing watching somebody get you know swindled is it's not my bag necessarily i don't like seeing somebody get you know lose thousands of dollars but mm. I, I think that it it does it does a good job in in its portrayal and presenting the facts and stuff like that i i, I do really like it it's well directed would be what i would say but anyway worth watch worth the watch it's on netflix now just launched last week. Yeah. I definitely do want to watch Murderville. It's funny, actually, one of my buddies, uh, Corey, literally just messaged me. Fuck, have you watched Murderville? Question mark. Literally just got that text. So Yeah, you you traditionally like sketch comedy mm-hmm. uh, stuff, I feel like. You watched more of them than I do. So I, I'd imagine that, yeah, you, you will get a kick out of it. Yeah. I'm surprised it's so short. I'm hoping that the second season comes relatively soon i hope that there's enough people that end up watching and i'm kind of curious how it ends up doing in terms of ratings like viewership ratings versus mm-hmm. critics ratings but now it's uh, uh, not, not to like jump back to murderville you mentioned i think last week or maybe the week before that you were uh, hoping that the show wasn't going to be as um like sketch like you, you you'd you want it to be a little bit more like 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 an actual series with just like improv what do you find that the show is like? Is it is it more like sketch comedy as opposed to like an actual concise story? I think if I recall what my thoughts were back then, I think what I was trying to say was I was worried that it was going to be more like a game show. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't want it to be a game show. The sketch part is fine. I just want it to have a cohesive kind of a story. Like don't don't make it like, oh, and so you're going to now tell me who is the killer like you know what i'm saying like i don't want somebody to come out as an announcer like the announcer for the show and, and do that i want it to seem like an episode of like law and order yeah or like csi kind of thing mm. which and does it feel more like that or does it uh i would say it balances it pretty well okay. I, i'd say it balances it pretty well it does do that maybe a little more than i would like because they call it kind of all wrap up the same way but uh it, it's good it's good I, I don't mind the way they did it because this the sketch elements too, like it's put a, a lot of pressure on some of these actors. I imagine even like Marshawn Lynch, who's not an actor at all, he's a football mm-hmm. star. It's very interesting. He was actually really good. I was like kind of surprised because I have just no perspective on him as a performer other than like football. So it's like it's kind of cool. It, it was neat. The Conan O'Brien one was hilarious. There's some pretty ridiculous moments, and then at the end of every episode, they like tease the next episode they tease the Kamel Nanjani episode for the third episode and I was like oh my god I can't wait to see this <laughs> it, it was just it was so ridiculous um I think you'll know what I, I mean if you end up watching episode two and kind of mm-hmm. watching to the end but um yeah no I, I like the balance I think the balance is great and I think Will Arnett does a great job and uh, I'm excited good. to see what they do next or how it ends yeah I'm curious what other Hosts that um, like Will Arnett will bring on for this Murderville show. Like I, I would love for him to you know start bringing on some of the you know Arrested Development alums. Like if if you can get David Cross on there, Jason, um, um, Jason, Jason Bateman or or Michael Sarah. You know what I mean? I, I would love to see yeah, them. Throw, sort of throw in Bob Odenkirk. I'm sure he'd be he'd be oh, down yeah, considering he's yeah. done various sketch shows and of course he was on Rest, Arrested Development as well at, at one mm-hmm. point. Yeah, reuniting um, David Cross and Bob Odenkirk. No. Oh. Yeah interesting yeah had a good week a good week of various watches lots of different things i watched this week it was pretty good that's good man and of course i kept up with peacemaker but i don't want to get into that we'll 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 do a spoiler cast i think our 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 closer look episode i think for that season i think when it's Mm -hmm. wrapped up i think that would be a good plan yeah i actually haven't watched this new episode of peacemaker i was gonna watch it before the like we started recording but then uh you sent uh jimmy 
to message me that you you were actually able to start a little bit earlier than than originally thought. So I decided to wait. You have to understand this, this is all on Jimmy's schedule. It's whenever mm-hmm. Jimmy's available, that's when we record. It's true. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, Jimmy, by the way, is our audiovisual video technician uh, audience here at the School Focus of Film and TV podcast. So, sorry, what'd you say? He's a big idiot as well. No, he's not. That's not very nice. And he can hear you right now, so he can good. do whatever he wants to your mic. You know, don't 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 insult him. Okay, he's a good guy. I'm going to. Okay, Adrian, I think it's time to move on to the news. We've we've talked enough about what we watched this week. I think. Hmm. Oh, you agree? Excellent. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number no! one. No! According- That's too late. It's too late. No, no. S- simmer down. Simmer. Like some nice soup. Number one. According to publication Variety, DJ2 Entertainment is partnering with video game developer Hazelight Studios to make a film or TV series adaptation for the action-adventure game It Takes Two. It Takes Two is a very cooperative, play-heavy game that follows two parents on the verge of divorce who are forced to work together to retain their human form after their daughter magically turns them into tiny dolls. It Takes Two recently won the 2021 Game of the Year Award at the Video Game Awards last December. To speak to his excitement in regards to the upcoming adaptation, the outspoken It Takes Two creative director Joseph Ferres said, quote, Creating the world and story in It Takes Two was so much fun for me and the team, since it has a strong narrative with many crazy characters and just as crazy co-op action moments, the potential is huge for a great adaptation to film or television, unquote. Adrian, what do you make of this? We both played It Takes Two together, of Mm -hmm. course not talking, so we don't talk outside this podcast, but we did play it silently. It was difficult Mm -hmm. because it's a very co-op heavy game and talking and communicating would have been a lot. Mm -hmm easier to play it. it took us about 25 hours to finish because of that normally the game takes about 12 yes but uh we took we made sacrifices because we, we were very dedicated to our audience and we don't talk outside this podcast to make it natural but be- between us when we're talking um yeah. but adrian it takes two was arguably arguably my game of the year last year as well mm-hmm. um if it wasn't hitman 3 just the name dropped there but i feel like hit takes two was a truly genuinely unique and incredible experience yeah, I I agree with that. I really loved It Takes Two. I think It Takes Two is like yeah, probably one of my favorite games of last year as well. Um, I had like an absolute blast playing through it, and um, I think the, the the best part about that game um, is the variety of gameplay that you get out of that game. Like they, you know, you have like these ten minute sections where they just add in like a bunch of game mechanics that they never touch on again. And it's, it's absolutely remarkable. It's, I would argue that it's one of, if not the best co-op game you can, you can play out there. And although yeah, coach co-op or otherwise online yeah, or coach. Exactly. And although I do find the story itself charming, um, you know, um, I, I quite, I quite enjoyed it. I don't necessarily know, like it's, it's definitely not the best part about that game. And I just don't really see, I can see how it could be adapted into, I guess, like a film or a TV show. It's, you know, about, you know, these parents that are, uh, go, like with a young daughter that are, you know, going through a divorce, um, or, or are on the you know brink of getting divorced and you know kind of how their relationship rekindles after you know uh, this time of like kind of drifting apart and you know I, you can make a you can make a good series or movie out of that easily for sure but again i think what this game um 
did incredibly well was that gameplay. And what I what I really loved about it was the gameplay. Like I, I think the story is good enough, but I don't necessarily find the hell is that you or is that me is there an australian lady in your room no is that my phone well it definitely wasn't me i was tripping me out i like look- it's weird that you don't know whether it was in your room or not how good are your headphones it's like real life yeah is this real life um yeah that really threw me off but yeah again i just don't like i i don't think yeah the story is you know the greatest part about it and i don't necessarily see the point of making this into like a film or a tv show um and it's kind of ironic because joseph Ferris, like he has uh, He's very outspoken uh, about like his, I guess, disdain for, I guess, the film industry. Like during the yeah. VGAs, he literally yells like yeah. "fuck the Oscars" at some point. You know, really highlights that. You know, the the best way, um, you know, one of the greatest ways you can be creative is within the video game space, as opposed to like film or TV. So I, I find that a little bit like ironic. I think um, he. I don't know if he really is that. Uh, I don't know if he really hates movies or TV. I don't think that's what he was insinuating necessarily. But it's interesting that, that we're talking about this on a film and TV podcast. I think that's funny. Yeah, because he literally did that again when he won the award for uh, Game of the Year for It Takes Two. He stood mm-hmm. up on stage and said, "Oh man, I got so much flack for saying uh, fuck the Oscars," and he says it again, obviously, because yeah. to, to describe it, he said it, which is just so ridiculous. I thought that was such a great moment. Yeah. I loved the video games game awards uh, last year. I thought they were really funny, and I I don't know. There's it was good. I, I thought there was a lot of action with in terms of games announced, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then of course that game won, which we both adored. Yeah, but I I like the story of that game. To be honest, it's interesting. I do like it. I just don't. I agree with you. It's not necessarily the highlight, but I, I don't know what that means though. I think that the overall package is what makes that great. The gameplay is amazing, but it's because we're stuck in this situation with a very easy story to understand. With these these extremely goofy characters, like for instance, Doctor what's his name, Hakim. Mm-hmm. Dr. Hakim, the love doctor or whatever, who's like a book. Yeah. He's like a walking, talking book. Like, it's just so ridiculous. There's a, a certain ridiculous element of it. And I, I actually did think that the charming, ridiculous, like, lines from Dr. Hakim, they were kind of the, – the characters were annoyed with Dr. Hakim and we were kind of annoyed with Dr. Hakim. And it's like, oh, this <laughs> – this little shit again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He would show up and we'd be chirping him as well. And I think that that was part of the – the beauty of it. And then the concept of it being almost like a Pixar movie. I think we, we said that after the, the game had ended. It's just this variety of really beautiful scenery in some spots and these crazy characters, wacky characters who just come out of the woodwork. You're, they're basically living to become tiny dolls and they're trying to become human again. But they're they're moving from place to place around their house basically. And it's like there's just like these ridiculous – like they go to a garden at one point. They go inside a tree trunk and mm-hmm. it's just so crazy that the numbers of random humanoid type animals there were, like human-like features on squirrels, etc. There was like so many ridiculous things. They just mm-hmm. they just hit the nail on the head on so many – pun intended, by the way. Whoa. Hit the nail on the head. <laughs> that's a that's an inside baseball reference for it takes two but anyway um it's the nail on the head in terms of all of the gameplay and the story combined with making it simple to understand so that when you're in co-op and chatting to each other you completely understand what's going on there's like no one's asking at any point like wait i don't understand what happened here it's it's very easy to understand but yeah i just i wonder like with any of these kind of video games turned into movies, do they need to do this at all? I'm kind of curious. I think The Last of Us has a lot of promise mm-hmm. because of the creators involved. But I'm wondering about this one because 
the overall package is what's so amazing. As you kind of mentioned, the gameplay is amazing. The story is not alone amazing necessarily. So just making a movie out of this, does it need to happen? Can't, can't we just, can't you just game? I think it's accessible, actually. I really don't think it's that difficult for somebody to jump into. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's relatively easy. I, I feel like if you got a basic like understanding of how to use like controllers with analog sticks, and you you have yeah. that down, I think it is accessible from that point. But yeah, I, if it's completely I, foreign I to you, like uh, my dad. Yeah, like my dad probably couldn't wrap his head around it. But I don't think I could hand a controller to my parents, and they definitely would not be able to play that because they just don't understand how to use two analog sticks at the same time. It's like a it's, it's it's muscle memory at this point for us. You know what I mean? I know. But it's it's crazy to think that like that's a skill that just some people do not have. They don't have that hand eye coordination. I just I rather get an it takes three game or something. Like I rather get a, a third game oh. than a than a TV series. It takes three to win makes sense because I feel like co op is better. A second game, you mean? What? There wasn't an it takes. You said a third game. You wanted to Yeah, quit. third sorry, a second game. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the there first been a second it game. takes. Yeah, we, we never Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, my mistake. Yeah, there's no <laughs> other it takes. There's no it takes one. You have to play co-op. There's no, that's how Joseph Fares makes his games. But yeah. I I just uh I rather get again a, a a sequel rather than getting a movie or TV show. And I, I think we questioned as well why did they need to make an uncharted movie necessarily Mm -hmm. although again the answer for that is what you said about the last of us on hbo in that you would like to see your parents watch that to kind of get the idea of uh, of what makes the last of us great which is fair but again the uncharted movie which comes out on february 18th by the way yeah uh i'm curious about it i I really am curious i honestly think it can go either way Mm -hmm. i don't think it necessarily will be bad i know there's a lot of bad like negative press hype around it but i don't think it necessarily will be bad we'll just we'll have to wait and find out if the story holds up in movie form it just seems silly to make this a movie when first of all the game is longer and Mm -hmm. second of all it's literally a movie (laughs) in game form like it's a linear very linear experience Whereas The Last of Us, I can see them branching out because there's a lot of that world that you don't see. Mm-hmm. I'm not really interested, at least based on what... Well, that's not fair. I didn't play all the Uncharted. I just played the first one. I'm kind of curious. Like, I was never interested. After the first game, I'm like, ah, that's cool. I'm like, I wasn't curious about the background characters, really. They mm-hmm. they were all not necessarily one-dimensional, but I, I'm sure maybe the rest of the series branched out and became more 3D as you went. In terms of the character development, obviously it's a 3D game. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I love Uncharted as a franchise. And I don't know, like watching the trailer for the Uncharted movie, like it looks interesting enough. I just don't imagine it's going to be great. And uh, I, I don't necessarily think that argument holds, like the, the argument I make for The Last of Us series where I want my parents to experience the story um, because they'll never play that game. I, I guess I could say that about Uncharted, but... Right, it's just Indiana Jones, though. Yeah, like, and not only that, they're making this movie that's not telling the exact story from the games. They're they're picking and choosing, like... Mashup. Yeah, they, they, like, some, one of the big, like, plane scenes is from, like, Uncharted 2, I believe. Uh, but they also reference a character that's only in Uncharted 4 and, and things like that. It seems like, uh, you know, they're just bringing it all in and just, like picking and choosing what they want to use out of that, like those four games, which is a little bit annoying for me. Um, You know, I would rather them either just tell an original story or, or follow the the, the story to a T. Yeah. The last of us can be shocking at times. Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's there's moments in that game that I've just never seen necessarily, or I don't know, you kind of see something, see narratives repeated constantly throughout 
the in film and TV and video game industry. But I, I feel like that's a unique experience that I had watching that narrative. That yeah. that was something that shocked me in various ways. And the relationship between Ellie and Joel is is fantastic. And I think I don't know that I, that may be answering my own question mm-hmm. um, as well. But the Uncharted game, at least the first one, ah, it's Indiana Jones and Laura Croft, and yeah, we've seen that, and it's yeah. more fun to play. Maybe it definitely is. I don't know. I, I'm sure that because I, I think Uncharted four and two and three have a better narrative, but yeah, Uncharted four especially. Like I feel like they really opt that narrative, and um, I don't know that. Like Uncharted four to me is like a freaking masterpiece uh, in in storytelling, uh, as opposed to it just being almost like a action heavy like popcorn flick like that i would argue that the first one definitely is and i would even say that you know the second and third one kind of are they, they do add uh, nice story elements and stuff like that but yeah yeah okay uh i don't know it's it's quite it's quite interesting like all this like cross media stuff going on in the um like video game industry and how they're bringing a lot of this stuff to like film and tv like uh even just this week there's like this um ea franchise called like alice madness returns um just kind of like a like a a little twist on you know like Alice in Wonderland sort of tale, uh, a little bit more like dark and brutal. And you know I think they're they announced that they're making a TV series out of that um, uh, you know video game, which is qu- quite interesting. Funnily enough, they actually released two like short films to I guess conclude this story because I don't think they released like a like a like a like a another game to like finish off the story for the, that Alice Madness stuff. So that's not necessarily the first time they're jumping into like this cross media stuff uh, with this franchise. So that's kind of interesting. Not super into that, but um, you know, um, one that I'm actually quite into, I, I should have mentioned this uh, when we were talking about what we watched is that they released the halo trailer that's being released on paramount plus, which is yeah, I saw um, that, yeah. based on the video game. And um, God damn, this looks freaking great. I like what, as someone that isn't into Halo, like I don't even know if you played any of the Halo games. I don't recall. Um, like, what did you think of the trailer? It's funny, actually. I I thought that the first trailer was better. I felt like this came off a little bit more B movie. I don't know why. It's interesting this second trailer. So I'm curious to see how it turns out. Yeah. Um. I guess you'll ha- you'll have to get Paramount Plus if you want to watch it. So. Yeah. I'm. I'll probably like. I don't know if I think. I don't know if they're going the week to week route with the Halo stuff. If they do it all at once, then I'm gonna be like, sweet. I'll just get a subscription binge watch it and then cancel my subscription but otherwise i'll just wait for it all to come out but i don't know i actually quite like this trailer i think it looks like high budget high quality it looks really awesome um you know uh, in terms of the story itself it's quite interesting because they're not going the route of like i guess what uncharted's doing where it's like hey we're taking all four of these games and then we're making you know, like a movie and we're just picking and choosing what we want. This, this seems like it's going a totally original story route, which I'm super interested in. You know, they're, they're keeping some of that basic lore in there, but this story that they're telling in this Paramount plus uh, halo series is not something that they've ever really touched on in the video games, which actually kind of has me even more intrigued about this show. I think, you know, the voice of master chief is a, is, is interesting. It's you know, it's, Master Chief, I feel like, has such a recognizable voice that, you know, ha- bringing in Pablo Schreiber uh, and having him do the voice, it's it's a little bit jarring. It, it, it doesn't fit entirely, but I think it's something that will grow on me. They brought back, you know, the original voice actress for Cortana, which is fantastic, although the the, the visual design for her is a little bit odd. It's almost like, like 
it's hitting that uncanny valley territory. They should have just made her fully blue, like hologram wise. But hey, that's uh, that's them. But um, all in all, like this Halo trailer, I'm I'm super into. I'm I'm quite excited for this one. I maybe I'm wrong, but didn't wasn't Master Chief voiced by multiple people over the years? No, it's the same guy in every uh, one. What's his name? Um, um, Steve Downs. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah. And, and I mean, um, Bungie was just purchased by Sony. Yeah. Uh, and one of the pieces of that deal was that Sony was going to potentially make Bungie, of course, being the, actually, funny enough, the original Halo creators in the first place for Microsoft. But they they want to make Destiny, which is their big game franchise, into movies and TV. And mm-hmm. Sony's been doing that with their properties like Uncharted and The Last of Us. So there's a good chance, and th- that's part of the deal, according to sources anyway, that that's going to end up happening, that Destiny is going to be turned into a movie or TV franchise as well. So that's kind of a neat thing. This is a big week for that type of mm-hmm. situation with video games being turned into movies or r- rumors or announcements of, of that type of thing. So it's it's cool that that's the, that's the case. We'll see what happens with all of this because there's very, again, you can count them on one hand, the movies or TV shows that are good based on, on video games, I mm-hmm. guess. The best probably being Arcane, Resident- honestly. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, Arcane. Yeah, I, yeah, I picked a good one, didn't I? Yeah. I'm gonna say Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon Town City is City. gonna literally be a better version. It's the best movie. It's the best movie. No, it isn't. Yeah. No, not in a million years. It but is. anyway, let's move on to number two, Adrian. Number two is Variety reports Amazon Prime Videos animated anthology TV series The Boys presents Diabolical <gasps> is set to be an eight episode series with different animation styles for each unique episode. In a recent trailer for the new series, Amazon dropped the names for their star-studded cast list. Actors like Aquafina, Michael Sarah, Don Cheadle, Chase Crawford, Kieran Culkin, Giancarlo Esposito, Elliot Grazer, Jason Isaacs, Kamel Nanjiani, Justin Roiland, Seth Rogen, Andy Samberg, Ben Schwartz, Elizabeth Shue, Kevin Smith, Anthony Starr, Nassim Padrad, Simon Pegg, Keenan Thompson, Aisha Taylor, and Yoon Yu Jung, specifically Best Supporting Actress, Yoon Yu Jung, have each been hired on as guest stars for the series. The Boys Presents Diabolical's first season will be released all at once on March 4th, 2022. Adrian, the cast announced. What are you thinking about this? Are you excited for The Boys Presents Diabolical? I am, Simon. I'm very excited for this. They, I watched that trailer. Um, and yeah, like watching the end of that trailer when they're just showing all the names that are going to be, you know, um, in this show, I was like, holy shit. Like, it's it's absolutely bananas. Like, how how much of a all-star cast they're bringing in for this. Kind of like, just like um, Invincible, funnily enough, um, which is another animated show with an absolutely unbelievable cast. Um, it's related to that somehow. I think the animators are related. Because well, it said at the end of that trailer, from the, the wacky minds of the boys and... Invincible. But, well, that's Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, isn't it? I don't think that's what it's referencing. No, but uh, could be. Because well, they, they didn't animate anything, so I don't think it's them. I'm not sure. I, I think they created them, though. No, or they're producers on all of them. I think that's what it's. Well, they uh, didn't create Invincible. Well, they're producers, sure. I don't think so. I don't think that's what it's referencing. It could be. I, I don't know why they would put that at the end of the trailer. Because actually, some of the writers on this, uh, Andy Samberg is an example, wrote an episode. If you look mm-hmm. through the writers list, it's a crazy list. Aquafina wrote an episode as well. So they didn't even write. I think Seth Rogen wrote, wrote one episode as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's what they're referencing. I think there's something else there. But could be. Could be. I just didn't 
I didn't figure that. I know that they, yes, they produced both series, but that's not what I kind of figured. Because I think that Eric Kripke is really the- He's the showrunner for the boys, yeah. Head honcho for the boys. So I imagine that he would be more influential than Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, but not sure exactly what reins they took with that series. Yeah, they're the two that I know that are connected to those other two shows, so I just assumed, but- yeah. Uh, um, either way, I think this is like uh, super cool. I'm, I'm very excited for this. It's interesting, too, because they're actually releasing all the episodes at once on Amazon Prime, which they don't regularly do. They've been releasing most of their shows week to week. They do like the I think they do like where they drop the first three episodes. And then every week they release another one, kind of like what uh, HBO Max did for Peacemaker. I think they did that with the boys season two and stuff like that. After party. Yeah. Oh, after party as well. Didn't that. So it's interesting. I, I'm. I'm curious, like, why all these, I guess that's like three separate, you know, um, streaming services, Apple TV Plus, Amazon Prime Video, and HBO Max that are doing this, like, sort of drop three episodes at once and then release the rest week to week. It must do something well for their numbers. I'm, I'm curious about that just enough to get you in. I think they're know. testing it out. I think it's something that's an interesting test, I feel like. I hope they take more experiments as I kind of started at the top of this episode. It would be nice for them to... Take more, you know, do more experiments, drop one episode every three days or, or do something else than just do the classic mm-hmm. one episode a week. Because I think honestly, after, the fact that After Party was that way on Apple TV Plus, the fact that they launched three episodes at once pulled me in quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Like I was very excited to watch more after watching those three. Yeah. Well, Ar- Arcane did something interesting on Netflix too, where they released like three episodes a week for like three weeks. So it was like three episodes Three episodes, three episodes for their nine episode yeah. arc. Yeah, Netflix taking some, again, some doing some experiments. Although, I, if I recall correctly, that show was kind of split up into chapters like that as well, which is cool. Yeah, it was like three arcs. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Super cool, man. Sweet. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about the show. I'm, I wasn't necessarily sold on it, but this cast list is crazy, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay, number three. As publication deadline reports, Viacom CBS streaming service Paramount Plus is reuniting Mr. Show with Bob and David actors Bob Odenkirk and David Cross for a mockumentary-style comedy TV series called Guru Nation. The new series is meant to follow two competing cult leaders duking it out in an attempt to bolster the ranks of their respective cult organizations. Borat 2 director Jason Walliner has been hired on to direct the new series. Adrian, what do you make of this? Oh, Simon. Well, uh, I make that this is cool. I, I quite like this as an idea. I think this concept is quite genius. And just the idea of bringing Bob Odenkirk and David Cross back together is is, is fantastic. Um, I watched some of Mr. Show with Bob and David. And there was also that sketch comedy show that they released on Netflix as well. It Was it, was it Mr. Show with Bob and David? Because I remember they had a different one uh, on Netflix. This uh, sketch comedy. I didn't, where did you see Mr. Show and Bob and David with Bob and David? Maybe, maybe I'm mixing those up. But uh, well, there I is. Like I, watched uh, I think it was the show with Bob. No, sorry, no, no. The the show on uh, Netflix was uh, with Bob and David. They uh, got rid of Mr. Show because they couldn't use that for licensing reasons. Because oh. Mr. Show with Bob and David was on HBO. Interesting. If I recall correctly. I see. So, like you might have seen it on Crave. Did you watch like the older? Maybe nineties show. I don't recall off the top of my head, but uh, I think this is a, this is a good little, um, it's a good get. It's, it's nice to see these guys coming back together. It's funny. We were actually just talking about these two um, when you were talking about Murderville. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I I think, I think this looks interesting. I like what Paramount plus is kind of doing. Like they're coming up with some creative stuff um, on top of, you know, like 
bringing in big franchises like Halo as an example or using like their Star Trek stuff. Um, they're they're not uh, they're not, I guess, veering away from like s- some more creative and unique style of shows like this. Um, so I'm definitely interested. It's cool that they're bringing in the Borat 2 director as well. Jason Walliner, Walliner. Um, you know, both you and I really love Borat 2. And it's uh, I'm curious what he can do with this uh with this show as well. Uh, Borat 2 also being a mockumentary style show. Sorry, movie. Yeah. What do you think about this? I just love these two guys. So I, anything that they kind of do, especially together, I feel like I'm on board in some way. Mm. I'm curious to see what happens. Then again, I didn't see with Bob and David. I didn't watch it. I'm not, I, I haven't watched as many sketch comedy things that you have, but I just, Bob Odenkirk is just amazing in my opinion. So I feel like, any drama or especially a scripted comedy that they're both involved in, I think I'm I'm, I'm definitely down for. But we'll see. It's just, I just I can't promise what I'm going to watch because I feel like everything I I look to watch it just gets piled onto an inevitably impossibly long list. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure, but I, I'm curious. I'm very curious. This is a cool idea. Like these two guys like going head to head in this like as cult leaders like with competing cults. I think that's pretty neat and it can be definitely a great uh, a great platform for ridiculous hijinks so it'd mm-hmm. be cool I'm, I'm excited yeah yeah man yeah bob Odenkirk is uh like he he is genuinely phenomenal like and he also has like a lot of range like he makes he does these like ridiculous roles and like hilarious characters as well um while still like maintaining some like more serious or, and and like badass roles like i think nobody was that big one that came out last year i was like man this guy's fucking awesome he can do he can do so much like on top of like you know breaking bad better call saul and um you know he's in like one of the uh he's in uh, like a sketch on like um i think you should leave with tim robinson and stuff like that too and yeah he's he's fantastic i really love bob odenkirk then david cross obviously is absolutely hilarious too cool all right now on to the montage the sequence of our show in which i briefly present the week's smaller news stories as adrian delivers a brisk verdict number one As teased by actor Doug Jones on social media, Disney's Hocus Pocus sequel film, Hocus Pocus 2, has finished production and will launch on Disney Plus in October of 2022. Oh, okay. I I never really loved Hocus Pocus. I'm sorry. I know Ken's going to hate me for this, but never loved it. It made me uncomfortable. Number two. As Variety reports, the King's Speech actor Jeffrey Rush has just been cast as legendary comedian Groucho Marx in the upcoming biopic film Raised Eyebrows from the Messenger director Oren Moverman. Ah, Groucho Marx, the brother to Karl Marx, that like socialist. Nope, nope, not, not, not related. No relation. Number three, as reported by Variety, streaming service Paramount Plus has renewed the Jeremy Renner starring crime drama Mayor of Kingstown for a second season, military drama SEAL Team for a sixth season, and American football drama The Game for a second season. I haven't watched any of these shows. Number four. As publication deadline reports, Apple's We Crashed directors John Requa and Glenn Ficarra have signed on to direct the Paramount Plus eight-episode spy series with 24 actor Kiefer Sutherland called Rabbit Hole. Wow. Did you ever watch 24? Yeah. Yeah, I like 24. Number five. According to Deadline, Fifty Shades of Grey actor Dakota Johnson has been cast as Madame Webb in Sony's ongoing live-action Spider-Man universe. The Madame Webb film is set to be directed by Jessica Jones director S.J. Clarkson. Whoa, I don't know much about Madame Webb at all. 
but uh, cool beans, cool beans. From my understanding, she's like a an old woman who's got psychic powers. Huh. So I think they might be going in a different direction. Maybe I'm mistaken. I, I thought that that's what she was. Anyway, number six, as noted by publication The Hollywood Reporter, Paramount has greenlit the sixth installment for a horror film franchise Scream after the success of the latest 2021 Scream movie, which has garnered over $100 million worldwide. Hell yeah, baby. Hell the hell yeah. Didn't this movie come out in 2022? Pretty sure it came out in 2022. January 2022. Oh, my mistake, of course. 2022, sorry. I'm still living in 2020. Number seven. As followed by The Hollywood Reporter, HBO has renewed gritty teen drama Euphoria for a third season. Oh, good. I still gotta watch season two. I think they're like five episodes, six episodes deep. (gasps) Number eight. As Variety reports, Dark Knight Rises actor Joseph Gordon-Levitt and kick-ass actor Chloe Grace Moretz have each been cast in a film following the events of the Jonestown Massacre, a movie which is to be called White Knight. Oh, cool beans. Um, I like Joe Gorlev and uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. Who's uh, playing the, the dude, the cultist dude? We, we talked about that back in the day. Isn't it, um, I want to say Leonardo DiCaprio, or am I imagining that? Joseph Gordon-Levitt is, Levitt is playing Jim Jones. Didn't we talk about this like Jonestown Massacre movie and then someone was cast? In that. I think there was another movie or TV series with uh, some other actor playing Jim Jones. Hmm, okay. Yeah, but in this iteration, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Chloe Grace Moretz, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is playing Jim Jones. Interesting, okay. I thought it might have been Leo DiCaprio, so you might have been right on that. Number nine, as The Hollywood Reporter notes, the Kevin Costner starring modern Western TV series Yellowstone has been renewed for a fifth season by Paramount. That's good. Number 10. As Deadline has reported, Apple TV Plus has announced that the Gary Oldman starring spy TV series Slow Horses and the Cynthia Erivo, Nicole Kidman, and Alison Brie starring anthology series Roar will debut on April 1st, 2022 and April 15th, 2022, respectively. Everyone but John Hamm. <laughs> yeah. And that concludes the montage. Blah, blah, blah. So Deadline back in November 8th, 2021, Leonardo DiCaprio in final talks to star and produce Jim Jones at MGM, Scott Rosenberg writing. It's called Jim Jones? Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. So a different thing. It's, uh, it's like a that Steve Jobs movie situation where they had Michael Fassbender and then someone else plays Steve Jobs. Uh, Ashton Kutcher. There's lots of these that have happened over the years. Like even with The Prestige, The Illusionist came out around the exact same time. It didn't make a lot of sense. That was actually even weirder because they were so close together. The Illusionist is often confused for Christopher Nolan's The the Prestige, even though The Prestige is arguably like a three-dimensional film and The Illusionist is two-dimensional. It's very – it's weird. Not that The Illusionist is a bad movie, but if you're going to compare the two, relatively speaking, it's interesting that they came out around the same time. This happens kind of often in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. When you're making a movie about one thing, they just seem to double up and make a TV series at the same time or whatnot, like the Tiger King situation. Which is, by the way, still coming out, by the way. Yeah, the one with... Um, There's a Tiger King series with... Uh, what's her name? From SNL. What's her name? Uh, goddamn. I forget her name. She's funny, though. Uh, Kate McKinnon. Yeah. It's funny. I typed in... I, I was like, how do I find her name really quickly? I typed in SNL cast, and her name was first, which is oh. awesome. I was like, that. thank God that worked <laughs> so easily. Yeah, I think she's been on the cast for a long time, but she's pretty fantastic. So I'm curious to see how that show plays out. But the one with Nick Cage was canceled. Nicholas Cage, who was supposed to play the Tiger King, said something along the lines of, "Now we're not going to do this. It's it's way past uh, the time when this 
was in the kind of the the zeitgeist. So there's no mm-hmm. point in making this series anymore. And on the other hand, they're still making the Kate McKinnon version. I think that's a peacock that's making the mm-hmm. Kate McKinnon Tiger King series. That seems right. Yeah. Where she plays Carol Baskin. But anyway, the other one was canceled. So yeah. Yeah. Fascinating indeed. Thank you for looking for that looking that up about Jim Jones. I appreciate you. No worries, man. No worries. We're more in sync now. The beginning of the episode was a little bit rough, I must say. Adrian, what do you got for me? What do you got for me? I got new releases for you, Simon. I got new releases for you. Oh! Alrighty. Yeah. Yeah. And? This is for the week of February the 7th to February the 13th. That's a Monday to a Sunday, as per you, Simon. And the first movie that's coming out this week is coming out on Tuesday, February the 8th. And it's a movie called Child of Kemiari Month. I I think I butchered that Kemiari part. Seems right, though. But this is a Netflix original movie about a young girl who learns that she must travel across Japan shortly after losing her mother. Oh. Um, this is an anime movie. It looks actually pretty neat. I might actually watch this. Oh, my God. What? Simon, I watched another movie this week. Okay. Bell. Yeah. I watched Bell. How'd you miss that? Because I was so into Scream. It was a Screamathon week, Simon. But I watched Bell. I watched a lot this week, then. Thanks for the invite to go see Bell. I don't want to watch it with you. I was kind of waiting for... Jimmy's uh, kind of notification telling me that Adrian had something to say to me, but I'm sorry, Simon. Alas, it's that kind of week between you and I, I guess. We're we're just very disconnected. We're very different people, you know. Oof. We're on different paths. Are you breaking up with me? I am. We're done. What? We're done. You're you done s- with this podcast? You smell. I can smell you from my house, Simon. That's impossible. My house being inside your walls. No, yeah. you don't belong here and you don't pay rent, so get the shit out of my walls <laughs> or you're a liar. One of those. Um, but yeah, I watched Bell. It's a. It's I watched it with uh, with with someone, um, and we watched it together with, with someone. Yeah, and we watched. <laughs> you watched it together. <laughs> you watched it with someone, and you watched it together. That's Correct. incredible. And it's a. Uh, it's a really good movie. Um, I I quite liked it. I sorry, I'm maybe I'm being a little bit too hyperbolic. It's a good movie. I don't think it's really good. It's a little bit disconnected. There's a hyperbolic. Yeah, because I was being like like oh it's so good. But it's really just good. Yeah. No, I was just making fun of the fact that you said half a word there. What? Slow it down. It's okay. You're like hyper hyperbolic. Yeah, you didn't say the full word. How should I say? It? What? How did? What did I say? Didn't I say hyperbolic? You'll li- listen to it on the on the repeat. You'll get it. Okay, I will. Anyways, you're being too hyperbolic. It wasn't as good as you think. Yeah, it was going to be like it's or? good. Yeah, like I I think it's a good movie. Uh, I think visually it's it's stunning. And it's pretty much about this like young girl. Um, funnily enough, uh, the reason why this rung a bell is because it's another animated movie. Ooh, bell, no pun intended. It's because it's. I didn't. I didn't know if you did that on purpose. I was like, that was too smooth. I feel like you didn't. I, I didn't do it on purpose. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. Okay. But it's also cool. about like another young girl that like loses her mother at like a young age. Yeah. And um, you know, and like uh, she like grows up and she's in high school or whatever. And there's this this new app that gets launched. That's called like a something like that. I forget what it's called, but essentially you put on like this, this weird like body synchronizer thing and you put it in your ears and like downloads like your body and like kind of uploads it to like this virtual world. Um, And you can kind of just design like how you want to be, like what your true inner self is. And, you know, Belle is, uh, forget her actual name, but she calls herself Belle and she becomes like this like sensation in like this virtual world as like a, like a wonderful like singer and everything like that. And people just like fall in love with her, but she doesn't want anyone to find out who she actually is and wants to keep it kind of disconnected. And what this movie is uh, or does um, is that like, it's very clearly inspired by, 
um, like Disney movies actually, and just done in like kind of an animated form. Like the the music in the movie is very reminiscent to like almost like Disney music, but it's very very high quality, like most Disney music is. Um, and again, it's it, in Japanese. No, no, no. I watched it in English. There was the English dub that was playing nearby. Oh, yeah. okay. So you're uh, saying it's reminiscent of like animated Disney movies. Correct. I assume. Yes. Yes, correct. A- animated Disney movies. And honestly- Like an Encanto or Frozen. Yeah. Most notably, it it's it's this most similar to Beauty and the Beast. And I oh, think the no choice of calling the main character Belle is very- um, Deliberate. Yeah, deliberate. And, you know, there's a character called the Beast- that you know like she like okay. meets in the in like this realm and you know he's universally hated by everyone um and you know like people are trying to find out who he is but you know he's actually like a you know good soul on the inside sort of thing like that and she's like trying to like save him essentially and that's kind of the premise of the movie but there's a lot of like plot threads going on in the movie and there's a lot of like leaps to conclusions which i think is where the movie kind of falters a bit um there's you know like uh, the person I was watching it with, there was multiple times where we were just like, wait, what? Like, how did we get here? And like the story, it just like felt very rushed and like they skip, you know, time without kind of explaining it to the viewer. And you just have to assume relationships between people um, without mm. it being, you know, kind of deliberately showed or said. Um, but all in all, I think the movie itself is really great. It's, it's, it's like quite pretty. Um, again, the story is like heartfelt and I like you know, the direction it goes and there's some surprises in it and stuff like that. But all in all, I don't think it's uh, as great as I wanted it to be. Um, but it is rated incre- incredibly well on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's like above a 90 percent. Hmm. Um, and the English dub is is very good. Like it's it's fantastic. And again, they uh, they even remake the songs in English. Um, and again, really, really great music. But yeah, something I would uh, something I would recommend. It's a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes uh, through the tomato meter and 95% audience score. So cool. Again, universally liked. But um, yeah. And that's uh, that's the other thing I watched at the new releases segment. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Well, now on to the news, uh, a sequence of our show in which I know. You silly goose, Simon. We're at the end. We already <laughs> went through the news. <laughs> 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 Okay, let's stop fake laughing here and let's move on to the next movie that's coming out this week, which is Into the Wind, which is a Netflix no. movie um, that uh, was announced no, by wrong. Netflix. And it's, a, it's a Polish romantic drama in which uh, people in Poland uh, fall in love. Simon, Simon, no, you ruined it. It's not the next movie. Oh, sorry. Coming out on Thursday the 10th. No, on Wednesday the 9th. There's a movie called oh, The I Privilege. Scro- I scrolled too far down the page. You silly son of a gun. Uh, I ain't stepping on your turf with the news, bro. You're stepping on my turf, just throwing it out the window. Look, man, you're a child of Kamiara month for Kamiari month for 10 minutes there. So I'm just uh, trying to move things along. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm going to watch that, I think. I'm going to watch that movie. But anyways, The Privilege is coming out on Netflix on Wednesday the 9th of February. And it's a German teen horror movie. Ooh. I'm super into horror again. I love horror movies. I'm just like these schlocky horror flicks. Yeah. Next up is uh, a movie coming out on Thursday the 10th, and it's called Into the Wind, which is a Polish romantic Polish, a Polish romantic drama. I just that, said it. That's coming out I on I just Netflix. announced this. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify. It's a Polish romantic drama. <laughs> Polish romantic Polish. Polish. Yeah, the English language is a weird, a weird uh, language, though, for sure. Yeah. It is a weird language. Let's think of other words that don't make sense, like baloney. 
Why is it spelled Bologna? You know what I'm saying? Actually, no, wait, hold on. Polish. No, Polish is two L's. You didn't spell it wrong, too. No, you just you just mispronounced it after writing it down. Okay. And hearing me say it. Yeah. <laughs> I did hear you say it. Yeah, and, and you still got it wrong. Bologna. 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 That's the weirdest word in the English language, maybe. Yeah. Uh, probably not. What do you think it is? Probably not. There's probably weirder, stranger words. I don't know, Adrian. What's the next movie coming out? Kimmy. K-I-M-I. I don't know if it's K-I-M-I or Kimmy. Uh, in all caps. It's all caps. All caps, Simon. So it's Kimmy. Kimmy. Yeah, you got to say it like that because it's all caps. Come here. That's me doing Timmy from South Park, but switching it with Kimmy. Oh, oh I see. But anyways, Kimmy is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.theheavynumbers.com, and the trailer, Simon. This is an HBO Max original movie. And I wrote here, Crave? question mark. Who knows? This is another Steven Soderbergh-directed film. This is about uh, everything being recorded constantly. It reminds me of The Circle, and The Circle is a bad movie. <laughs> I always forget about the circle, and then I see. I was looking at like Tom Hanks's IMDb like mm-hmm. movie history, and I saw that he was in the circle again. I was like, he was in the circle. I forgot about that. Yeah. What a terrible movie! That's a fucking awful. Yikes. That might be one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. I really don't like Rise of Skywalker, though. Yeah. So, I, 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 yeah, man, is that is that extreme to say that Rise of Skywalker is my least favorite movie of of all time th- that I've seen in my life? No. Well, that I've seen. Is that extreme? No. I don't think so. It's a bad movie. I really don't like Suicide Squad. I don't like The Circle for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I yeah. I don't know. if The, the Circle might be the worst thing I've ever watched. Because like, I think back to Suicide Squad, which is a bad movie, really bad movie. But the, Specifically, we're talking about David Ayer's Suicide Squad, just to be clear. There, there are a couple of things where I'm like, yeah. Uh, like, you know, the, sure. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? that's fair. There's some good characters. I, I thought that, uh, honestly, I thought that Will Smith did a great job. I thought that Margot Robbie did a great job. I don't know. I thought like Jai Courtney did a great job. Batman? I thought that. Oh, that scene's fucking sick, dude. That is actually a good yeah. scene. Yeah. There's some great uh, Batflick moments, Ben Affleck Batman mm-hmm. moments for sure. Anyways, what other movies are coming out this week, Adrian? What other movies are coming out this week? They're all coming out on Friday, the 11th of February, Simon. And the first one is a movie called Anne Plus, the film. This is a Netflix original Dutch movie about a 20-year-old queer woman just trying to figure her life out, dude. And she creates a streaming service called Anne Plus. Maybe. Actually, that might be possible. Yeah. Because I'm confused why it had to be called Anne Plus, the film. Is this based on a TV show, you think? Yeah, it's Anne Plus colon, the film. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. We're just not aware. I don't know, man. And- Netflix is really cool in its international its international nature lately. Like It's been very, very cool in the way that it's even like kind of pushing audiences that may you know originate in the U.S. to kind of watch something like Squid Game. It's hmm. cool like that that became so big because of the way that they – I don't know. They marketed it across the world. So it's pretty pretty neat. Pretty neat. So maybe that's something we're just not aware of. A Dutch TV series that became, it's becoming a film. Yeah. And plus it is a TV series. There's been two seasons thus far. Oh, cool. That's neat. Yeah. Sweet. What's the next movie coming out? Adrian. Uh, A movie called Big Bug. And it's a Netflix original French sci-fi movie set in 2045 where robots attempt to stage a coup. Ooh. Yeah. Coup. Another weird word. It's spelled coup. Yeah. C-O-U-P. It's true. Coup. And the next movie? Love and Leashes, Simon. It's a Netflix original Korean flick 
based on a webtoon about two co-workers that enter a contractual relationship based solely on consensual BDSM-style sex. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's like me and you. Uh, Love uh, Tactics is coming up next. I don't know. This is a Netflix original Turkish movie about two people that don't believe in love who make a bet with each other to try to make the other person fall in love with them. Through BDSM-style sex. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which we do not take part in, by the way, together. You and me, no, we do not do that. Just to be clear to the audience out there, you know, we just, I just want to set the record straight. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Wink. Um, who are you winking at? I'm not winking. Tall Girl 2. I'm serious. It's who I'm winking at, Simon. This oh, is a Netflix okay. original sequel to Tall Girl 1, the movie, about a girl who is presumably tall. Presumably. That's all you got, though. Yeah. That's all you know about it. That's all I know about it. Alrighty. What's the next movie coming out? The Sky is Everywhere. It's true. Damn. It is. It is true, man. You look up, boom, there's a sky. Not in your room, because I presume, I'm going to guess you got ceilings in there. Actually, I know you got ceilings, because I'm inside your walls, dude. But yeah. Oh, me. Oh, just me. But you don't know what the audience has. Maybe they don't have ceilings. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're sitting out on your deck. Maybe maybe you're just walking outside. Maybe you don't own a home. Maybe you're homeless. Maybe you're in a car. Maybe you're in a car. Maybe a roof, not a ceiling. You wouldn't say, I'm in my car and it's got a ceiling. Look look up at the ceiling. It's true. I wonder why. They say as they look at the sunroof. Yeah. Cause, well, yeah, because you, you call it the roof of your car. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like You could still say it's the ceiling of your car. But Yeah, who does that though? No one. No one. It'd be weird. Yeah. For some reason. Because the English language. Because mm-hmm. the English language. A weird language. That's what it is. It is. It is indeed. That's why. But anyways, The Sky is any- Everywhere is a Apple TV Plus movie, Simon, about a teen mourning the loss of her sister and finding her first love in the process. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds sad. Sounds sad. I want you back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 I, I get it. We're re- We're making it up. You're mm-hmm. no longer want to be broken up anymore. Like you exactly. said earlier in the podcast, yeah. you want me back, Simon. Yeah. Simon Edie, me. Exactly, man. I want you back. We're in it. We're in it to win it, man. This is episode 84. We're going up to 1,084. That's that's so many episodes. That's over 1,000 episodes. On the road to 1,084. That's what we're that's what we're doing. Yeah, six seasons in a movie. Six six seasons in a movie. <laughs> is, that, is that our six seasons in a movie on yeah. the road to 1,084? Exactly. Six seasons in a movie. On the on the road to one thousand and eighty four, I feel like that rolls off the tongue way better than six seasons in a movie, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we know what we're talking about. Definitely. Take that, Dan Harmon. Yeah, fuck you, man. I'm just kidding. I really love Dan Harmon. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's very really, aggressive, Adrian. Uh, what really is the next movie coming out? Come on, bro. I want you back. Is the next movie coming out? And this is an Amazon Prime Video movie. Oh, you didn't want me back? No, I did want you back. I just decided to say it. At the same time. As oh, it was a coincidence. It, it was a coincidence. total okay. coincidence, dude. Total coincidence. Okay, no problem. And this is about two people that meet right after they're both dumped. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay. Next up is a movie called Super Cool, Simon. Oh, that was a feel like a segue for you, but you didn't. You kind of missed it. I was like, okay, okay. And you're like, super cool. <laughs> is the next movie coming out? Yeah. And it's uh, confirmed by m.the.numbers.com. No, the... Uh, the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com, Simon, and the Apple TV app. Yeah, you say that very well. I've never actually tried to say that. <laughs> that was a disaster. Yeah, try it. 
Go for it. M.D-Numbers.com. No. D- and uh, Apple TV Plus. Oh, the, sorry. The most important source on the internet. Sorry. The most reliable source on the internet. com. Ah. You say hyphen, I say dash. The English language is a, it's a weird thing. <laughs> it's, dude, it's a weird one, this English language. I'm telling you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it's also confirmed by Apple TV. This is a video on demand movie about two teens. And one of the teens wishes he looks like a model. And then his wish comes true. And then antics occur. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Seems dumb. Super cool. Super cool, dude. Catch the fair one is up next, Simon. This is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet. M.TheHeavenNumbers.com and the Apple TV application this is a video on demand movie once again about a boxer going ballistic in search of her missing sister Hmm. wild stuff wild stuff simon just like cosmic dawn (gasps) this is also confirmed by the most libelous on the internet m.theheavynumbers.com and the apple tv app this is another video on demand movie about a woman who tries to uncover the secrets of a cult she joined after she witnessed her mother get abducted by aliens as a child. What? Okay. You heard it here first. It seems like two different, very different things in this one sentence. Yeah, she joined a cult after her mother got abducted by an aliens, and then she was just like, I'm done with this cult. I'm going to uncover all the secrets of this cult. Right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I'm glad you do. Thank you for that. Yo, dude, you're so very welcome. Anyways, the next movie coming up is Indemnity. It's confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.theheavynumbers.com and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie, and it's about an ex-firefighter. Just an ex-fighter, I wrote. I think it was a firefighter that fights for his life. An ex-fighter yeah. fights for his life after being falsely accused of killing his wife. It could be an ex-fighter, though. Those are very different things. A firefighter and a fighter <laughs> are not the same. Yeah. So I also realized I wrote a lot r- rhyme there. A little poem. An ex-fighter fights for his life after being falsely accused of killing his wife. It's like a fucking Dr. <laughs> Seuss book right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it is a firefighter. He is a firefighter. I just, I just checked okay. it out. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. Anyways, God, Dr. Seuss, another guy, another guy who understood this wacky English language. It's so wacky. Another movie coming out is uh death on the nile which is confirmed by cineplex the application it's coming out to theaters simon and this stars actual cannibal army hammer oh damn yeah damn yeah he's not anything after this i don't think i don't think so man that might be it for a little while we'll see it's wild that he got canceled for being a cannibal (laughs) so minor yeah No, we don't know what happened. Alleged alleged cannibal, Army Hammer. Yeah. I don't think he actually ate anyone. Wasn't the thing that he just like No, yeah. Essentially yeah. threatened his like ex girlfriends and like said that he was gonna eat or eat them or something like that. I think the allegations are more like sexual assault. Mm. That seems to be the reason well, any of good. this is happening, I'm pretty sure. The cannibal cannibalism part is like was weird, but it kind of made it popular on the internet and then more came out but we'll see again Uh alleged i suppose i don't know what's gonna end up happening with that but yeah well i hope he didn't like sexually assault anyone that's a bummer yeah it's one thing being a cannibal but it's a totally separate thing being a like a sexual assaulter i think i think that's worse yes yeah next movie marry me simon no it's it's too soon you broke up with me you wanted to get back together too soon well 
Simon, guess what? I wasn't even saying this to you. This is the next movie on the list. What? I wasn't asking you to marry me. It's way too soon, dude. This is confirmed by Cineplex. This is another movie coming to theaters. And this is a, a movie that stars Owen Wilson and Jennifer Lopez. Looks good. Looks good. And it's this classic rom-com movie about an unlikely relationship between two people that are just so different. Yeah. To me, it doesn't look good. I thought it looked pretty good. <laughs> when my girlfriend and I watched the trailer for this, we are both like, or I didn't really say it as much as she did, but she was like, I want to see this. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it looks it looks cute cute enough that I'd mm-hmm. potentially want to see it. But if it's like a negative a 15% on Rotten Tomatoes, I don't think I'm I'm down for it, but... It did look cute. Didn't it look cute? Come on. No. It's like a bit of a, like a, you know, the goofy story. He's holding up a sign that says, marry me. And she's like, I will. I will marry you. Jennifer Lopez says to Owen Wilson, who's holding up the sign. Come on. Yeah. Come on. It's cute. Looks so good, dude. Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I'm a sucker for romance, but uh, I don't know. Like these, these like wacky rom-com movies kind of like this. I don't, I don't know. I don't love them. I don't love them. Hmm. Okay. You know I mean, there's some that I kind of do. Like I guess like Jerry Maguire, I like that movie. You really like Notting Hill. Notting Hill, that was a great one. Yeah, it is a good one. I really liked Bridget Jones' Diary. I never saw that one actually. That was a fun one. My mom loves those movies. I watched that first one with her. I think cool. Like her and I think my sister watched it and stuff. Good movie. Sweet. Um, let's think of other rom com movies. Blacklight, a movie coming to Cineplex and theaters, and it's uh, it's a rom com movie with Liam Neeson kicking ass. Yeah. They're going to need more men is the tagline. <laughs> Title of my sex tape. That's <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> it kind of works out. It does. You know, this being a rom-com movie, Liam Neeson kicking ass. It's not a rom-com. They're going to need more men. <laughs> In reality, it's not a rom-com, but I thought we could segue into this blacklight yeah. film. <laughs> it's also called blacklight. Yeah. Which is like kind of a gross. <laughs> They're going to need more men, man. There's semen all over the walls here. They're using the black light. Oh, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Her dick. You less. Whoa, you made a penis pun. I know. Man, this English language. I'm a genius. I'm a comedic genius. You are, dude. Honestly, the English language. I know. <laughs> the English language is. We, that's all we have to say. We don't have to. Yeah, dude, the English language. Ended there. The English language, man. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's crazy. Anyway, Adrian, I think that's it for our podcast. That's the it, it for the regular scheduled programming. But, I mean, you might have more to say. Maybe you watched another five movies that you want to get into. Mm. Oh, yeah, I watched this in theaters yesterday. Like you did with Bell. No, I didn't watch anything in theaters yesterday. Okay. I watched that on Tuesday, Bell. Oh, okay. That was I was giving an example. Did you not tell by the tone of my voice that I wasn't, you know, saying that for real? Oh no, I can't tell. I don't I don't understand. Sarcasm. Sarcasm, sarcasm was being jinx, used. Jinx you own a relationship to kids. No. I don't owe you anything. But are you gonna say anything about the end of this episode or do you have anything oh, to say to the audience? Simon I asked that question, hoping for an answer. Finally we're done with this episode. Let me wrap it up for you. You can find us on all your streaming services. That stream podcasts, all right, gang, listeners? You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us on the YouTube. You can find us on the Spotify. You can find us on the iHeartRadio. You can find us on the TuneIn Radio. Yeah. You can find us anywhere the English language is available. <laughs> Oxford Dictionary. Check. We're there. We're there. We're in the Oxford Dictionary. Page 78. 
Page 78. You open it to there. We just start playing. Actually, page 1,084. Whoa. Because we're on the road. Yeah. Yeah. To 1,084. That makes sense. On the road to 1,084. Was that the tagline? I already forgot it. Well, Adrian, I appreciate you joining me once again. Jimmy in the booth. Thank you very much. You're a good man. And uh, thank you to Kenneth Salbar for writing into us as usual. And uh, that's it. So thank you for listening to the 84th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. It is I, Adrian Pinter. I'm signing off. Um, and just real quick, you know who doesn't need a blacklight? Uh, Batman and Batman v Superman, because that guy ain't fucking. He ain't fucking. Um, actually, he kind of does need a blacklight for the blood when he's doing his detective stuff, presumably. Anyways, Batman v Superman, good movie. There's a little bit of a stretch there. And uh, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Good movie. That movie rocks. No. And um, no. I like the all five Scream movies. They're fantastic. I really like that franchise. I'm, I'm, I'm a Scream fan. Scream form. Good movie. All of them. Yeah. Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Great movie. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye. Take